Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Rescue Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Margie. And I'm Jerry. Hey, and we're going to pray because our topic tonight is, um, well, we just need prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us, for giving us a mouth to speak your truth, to know your truth. You said you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. We thank you for that truth and that freedom and the revelation of your, of your spirit to our hearts. We take authority over the enemy who would try to bind and block and set down and shut down the truth, Lord God, in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives. And we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus that is bought and paid for our salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for your divine protection over us, that you keep us, Lord God, in our conversation tonight, that we'd speak as the oracles of God, and that we'd, what we'd say would help people, would help them to... Um, understand the behind the scenes on what's going on in their lives or maybe the lives of their children as we're talking about the things we're talking about tonight that you give us strength and favor father god we ask for your covering your protection in jesus name amen amen so honey what are we talking about tonight well we have a very very interesting topic tonight we always do of course here yeah but a probing topic uh, we don't pick easy things we to don't talk pick about, easy no. stuff we deal with the tough stuff because yeah. this is rescue radio right and That's because most people kind of avoid tough stuff right 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 but our subject tonight is why can't i concentrate uh, probably a lot of people that well, you know, ask questions like that. But isn't that just part of being human? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, we forget. You know, where we left our keys, and uh, you know what what we have on our schedule that day, and uh, what we're supposed to do next. But uh, what are some of the, you know people that have? There's some people that have very serious issues with mm-hmm. concentration. And what would you say are some of the symptoms of people who just having tru- are having trouble keeping uh, focus, keeping concentration? Well, of course, with the world we live in and the pace we keep, it's no wonder we, um, I think we do pretty well, actually. But there's a lot of times when people are stuck with some of the minor, more mild symptoms of uh, people who can't concentrate or might have a problem that they need to look into. That's more than just, a, uh, well, I'm just human kind of thing would be um, when they can't stay focused or they forget things or they lose track of time or, or lose track of things, you know, like you said, losing your keys or forget why you come into the room or what you're going for or whatever, um, going to the store for something. Inattentiveness, daydreaming, um, sometimes when they don't hear or can't follow directions, people who are disorganized, uh, even people who are easily bored, um, and, and, or maybe they're overstimulated. I think our over, overstimulations keep people, uh, push them into a place of having to need more and more and more stimulation so they get easily bored. Right, and so we're talking about not the young, young people or old people. We're talking about people of all ages. Everybody, yeah. yeah. We're just kind of in this environment. And so um, they can't stay on task. Um, that's kids in school. That's uh, maybe all of us, the grown-ups as well. We get distracted. We blank out. Uh, especially under pressure, you know, sometimes, you know, you just kind of 
somebody puts you on the spot and you just don't know what to say. You just have nothing to say. It's like everything you're blanks out in your mind. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, sometimes, when, and this is especially bad if you're taking a test. Kids, you know, panic, freak out, can't recall on a test. They just oh lose. yeah, a lot of people just freak out on tests. You know, they seem they like they, they knew the, they knew the math, they know the subject matter, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to taking a test, they just yeah. feel the pressure of that yeah. and the tension and just. You know, what they know well, just seems to go. Even these littlest things we're talking about, can you believe that behind every one of these issues, every one of them, even like blanking out at a test, uh, is because we're believing lies. Everything we're talking about tonight is talking about the spiritual roots of these things. We'll touch a little bit maybe on the, on the uh, nutritional, biological situations. But mainly, like for example, if a kid is having a hard time at a test, they're going to freak out and use past experiences. They're going to say, well, I didn't take it good test last time, I didn't do very good, I, you know, can't remember the answers under pressure, I'm afraid, and all those little little thoughts they think to themselves are actually agreements that they're making with the spirit of fear that allow fear then to snatch these things out of their mind. So this is kind of some of the milder symptoms, you know. But what I'm saying is, even though these are milder symptoms, say a, a kid feels like they can't, um, they can't remember, recall the things that they've studied for the test. Mm-hmm. And then they do them do well on the test, and they feel like, well, I'm, I'm not doing well in this class. I'm not doing well in school. Right. I'm not doing well in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm stupid. stupid. So it really it, leads, this it's lack normal. of concentration leads to a whole other It can lead uh, to a change, of, uh, in life, change in lifestyle direction. Absolutely. And especially when kids are so sensitive and young, and they don't know the battle they're in. But another thing that happens sometimes is their thoughts, our thoughts get snatched or scrambled. And Jesus actually talked about this very interesting snatcher um, in the parable of the sower and the soil. Yeah, he said in the parable of the sower and the soil, there was, you know, the different ground. There was the good ground, the thorny ground, the ground along the uh, wayside. Mm-hmm. And uh, my concentration is going to the other one. <laughs> oh, I need help, right? Don't I? Yeah, well, you need to... Well, <laughs> But anyway, what, one of the, the, the snatcher is, yeah. was the 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 um, stony ground, stony ground, good ground, wayside, those okay. four. Yeah. Okay, see, my concentration came back, honey. Oh, you're under pressure. But anyway, <laughs> the the part was where the the seed that was sown on the road, the wayside, uh, King, King James said, or on the road, it was just hard and packed. It says that the enemy, when the word of God was sown, Jesus likened this. This the is the way it is for the hearts of people. The truth was sown in their heart, on their hearts. But right away, he says the devil comes and mm-hmm. snatches it away, so yeah. it doesn't take uh, root in their life. Well, I think Jesus was referring to this "why can't I concentrate" kind of attack, and it is an attack because when you can't concentrate, you can't focus, you don't know who you are, you, you lose your your direction, and all of a sudden you're easily overtaken by the enemy because you are, you know, you're kind of confused, discombobulated, so so to speak. But, you know, there are some really more serious um, symptoms of uh, why can't I concentrate. And, uh, you know, I I think autism, attention deficit, ADD, these are really getting to be common and prevalent. uh, Autism, you know, it's just such a extensive topic these days. Mm -hmm. Political topic, actually. It's a political topic. More and more people are uh, more and more families, individuals are ex- affected right. uh, with autism. And you know, something like and this in your family just makes 
it hard all the way around. You've got one member of the family who's struggling with something. Everybody's schedules, everybody's lives have to be adjusted accordingly, and it just kind of like becomes difficult. If the enemy can get something broken, everybody has to, you know, be dependent on that thing getting fixed. And with fixed. autism, there, 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 there's so many issues uh, that are debated these days about mm-hmm. what is the cause of mm-hmm. autism. That's why it's political. It's political, mm-hmm. and, and some people say, well, it's, it's the preservatives and the various uh, vaccines that the children are receiving, and that's contributing Or the color and the food, yeah. Yeah, coloring of the food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are reports uh, by researchers that deny that sort of thing. And then it, and that, and well, I'll say it's just, you know, emotional yep. uh, stress. But uh, you notice, honey, how hardly nobody, nobody, in all their debates, discussions, and Internet this dialogue, they never talk about it being spiritual. They don't talk about there being a demonic root to this thing. But let me tell you some more of the symptoms, and then we'll go on to the, okay. the spiritual stuff. Um, you know, even Asperger's, it's kind of a, a you know, Alzheimer's, Asperger's. Asperger's is, pr- is kind of defined as someone who's really, really intelligent, but doesn't have any real social skills. They kind of don't learn their social cues or learn how to take them properly. Then we have epilepsy. Yeah, right. We can talk here. Um, we have being mute or speechless, defenseless, deaf. Um, we can throw in there some learning disabilities, especially the more serious ones. Uh, mental paralysis, you know, like uh, we'll get to that story in the Bible where Jesus talks about and dealt with somebody with a lot of these things, a catatonic kind of stupor, emotionless person. Recklessness also comes out of that. Um, and rebellion, Re- recklessness is I don't care, I don't matter, it doesn't matter, whatever, doesn't matter. So a lot of whatever going on out there where people are, like you said, they're already convinced that they're stupid, can't learn, and so they go to the whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter, and mm-hmm. they become reckless mm-hmm. and rebellious. And then eventually they, they become suicidal or self-injurious, you know, cutting on themselves or doing chemicals, things that are very detrimental to the life of their, of their body and the health of their soul. Self-destructive, and, and, and they're very endangered. They, sometimes they're manic. Um, they are. They disassociate. That means they just go totally blank. They don't even remember that they're where they are. So, uh, no. Can you define manic? Some people might not be familiar with. What well, manic is. there's a diagnosis of manic depressive or bipolar, which means you go way up, and then you and you're just kind of going to conquer the world, and then you sink way Ex- down. Extreme highs and extreme lows. Right, and they're all based on probably more than just a few things, but um, maybe some chemistry is going on. There's some spiritual stuff for sure. And at that point, they're kind of out of control. They're doing things that are crazy and not logical. They lose their common sense, so to speak. Um, and, and people sometimes feel very trapped, hidden, helpless, confused, overwhelmed, big one. Um, that's kind of normal for everybody, I think, especially if you're trying to do your life all by yourself, um, which a lot of people are because they don't trust Jesus very much. They don't know if they can. Um, oppressed, overstimulated, I think that's a really big one these days for a lot of the young people, they're just so out of touch with reality because they're so into a fantasy world. They've got their stars, their, their music, their movies, their fantasy worlds, their games, their fables, and they're just caught up in all that. Now, I, I remember a few years ago, uh, it just was kind of an awakening for me. I, there was a, a TV report, uh, you know, talking about all the electronic stimulation young people have, and there's these girls, these two sisters, uh, they were in their, in their room, teenagers, and they were doing their homework. They had the TV on. They were uh, doing uh, texting. Uh, they were kind of doing a video game on the side. 
and listening to music. Uh, well, they're doing their algebra, it, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh my. And the, and the question was, what is happening to the developing brains of these kids that are, are, are being stimulated to that extent? Well, I would let somebody else be the expert on answering that, but all, I would think that it's crossing a lot of wires, getting a lot of people um, confused and they're not focusing and so they're not learning properly and learning is a lot of what we need to, le- to do. So, and so you go back to people who eventually they're overstimulated or then they become frantic, they become exhausted, they become emotionally, physically perplexed, paralyzed, frozen. Sometimes this leads to panic because they don't know what to do. And then, of course, they freeze because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. And they're just pretty much locked up inside. So these are serious symptoms of this not being able to concentrate. Right. So I think that being locked up inside is really uh, well described in, um, in, in the, the situations we see now. So, um, yeah. What are, uh, you know, are there, we've already covered some of you know, the milder symptoms and the more extreme symptoms of those who have difficulty concentrating. What are some of the other problems that arise well, know, practically, you know, kind of in, in day-to-day yeah. uh, living? Well, I think the symptoms become the problems, and the problems become the symptoms. It kind of becomes a mm. chicken and an egg kind of thing. But see, the thing is, after you, you struggle in school, and then you're labeled, or they start to give you Ritalin or, you know, whatever, to calm you down, you get to be labeled. And so that's a stigma that a lot of kids, I know there's a lot of kids who are on that, but at the same time, it's not popular enough yet, I think, to be cool. And so you have the learning difficulties. Um, and maybe it's really not a problem with the child at all. Maybe it's a problem with the way that, that they're being taught. Learning styles are different. Some kids are more hands-on. Some are more open books. Some are oral. Some are auditory. Some are, um, you know, you know, they have to touch and feel and, and build and do things. But so they get the idea that they can't master the subject. So, again, we go back to the problems of being stupid. But one of the bigger issues of can't concentrating, con- feeling, failing to concentrate is not being able to finish things. And they, they don't know what to say a lot of times. I mean, a lot of people, are, number one fear is to stand up in front of people and speak in front of people. And I think that's because a lot of them experience this blocking, blanking, snatching of the thought. They're just paralyzed, freaked out, you know, afraid of what people are thinking about them. That's a big deal right there. Yeah, a lot of people are really scared to speak up in a crowd, and that's what you have to basically do to get through school. You have to give reports, and you have to, you know, all demonstrations and all kinds of things. So it's really kind of a difficult thing for kids who are even shy, so to speak. And when you can't speak up for yourself, you're going to be, you know, bullied and lack of confidence. Kind of Everything snowballs. You get low self-esteem. You feel bad about yourself. And then when you fail at your job or school or whatever it is, Everything else looks bad. I mean, it's like, because we all make ourselves out to be what we do. So instead of me being first and then doing, I have to do it a B. So if I do really well, I'm really a great person. If I fail, then I'm bad. And so our, our, our um, work and ability to, to succeed are very much tied into self-esteem, which isn't the way Jesus said to do it, but that's the way we often do it. So not meeting goals and feeling stupid. Um, those are some of the problems. Um, and then after a while, I think people just get disinterested. They pretend like they don't care, um, you know, because they don't want to expose themselves. They, they don't want to show any interest, so they fail, and they, they kind of drift further away. 
which makes them then pretty vulnerable to drugs and bad friends and bad decisions and um, detrimental activities. So it's kind of, you know, it kind of get into an escape mentality. If I'm not working, if things aren't going well in these particular areas, I'll just try to get into some alternative right. environment. To feel- yeah, to, to do something, feel good about myself. Um, uh, then if I, I fail, no, we, no one will know that I'm failing because I'm leading my own direction and I'm taking my own course and no one knows what it is, so they don't know if I'm going to fail or not, so I'm just kind of an independent person. Um, or I'm very vulnerable. And I think a lot of times people are vulnerable to panic inside, and this is part of the internal shutdown that happens when people are freaking out. Or they become irritated and then they panic because they feel it's up to me i've got to figure this out i've got to give an answer they get disoriented um you know and their their problem solving skills are poor so you know i as you can see there's just a whole lot of endless problems that come and of course they're easily manipulated by others except for parents maybe they kind of turn away from parents parents are freaking out and this makes it worse parents whenever parents freak out this always tells the kid, sends the message that you, um, child, are in, uh, you're doing really bad. I'm really worried about you. I'm afraid. And when we send a message of fear and freak out to the kid, that only pushes the kid further in the wrong direction, believe it or not. Yeah. Could you talk a little more about, um, you know, say, say you talk about a, a third, fourth grade child, mm-hmm. and they've got some really tough issues going on at home. And... Um, say mom and dad are are on the verge of divorce, and mm-hmm. uh, their 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 world is just being really shaken. How shaken. how and how are they supposed to be concentrating on schoolwork or or anything when they have that sort of an emotional um, sort of a meltdown going on mm-hmm. at home? Well, their world is really being cracked into earthquake shaken. If they're an oldest child, they're probably going to pick up more of the responsibility and they're going to try to take care of mom or take care of dad. Um, if it's a single parent family, they'll probably try to do the same thing. So like the, a lot of times the oldest child, for example, they're kind of being forced in a sense to take uh, another role, to take another role mm-hmm. that they're really not mentally or emotionally, uh, right. physically they're prepared for. They're supposed to be kids, but now they're stepping up into a more of an adult role of mm-hmm. handling someone else's emotions, making sure someone's safe. And, of course, when a child like that goes to school, they're going to be attention deficit. They're going to, their attention is going to be divided between what's going on at home and what's going on in front of the blackboard. And if, of course, your, your attention is divided, you're not concentrating, you're not getting everything that's being said, you may miss a critical line or explanation and so your divided attention causes you to fail to understand to comprehend and then of course when it comes time to recall and take the test um, you fail to understand enough to give the right answer marjorie what what are some common approaches you know when say if a a kid is not doing well in school and the teacher Mm -hmm. takes note of it they go to see the school counselor and uh, they have conferences they have conferences and stuff like that but what what are some of the common things that that are recommended by say school counselors or medical personnel uh in the event of um, that sort of a scenario going well on? i i don't think they look deep enough into the spiritual part they don't look into the home life that much they may know a little bit about what's going on but usually a lot of times the, i think the really one of the problems is 
that uh, no one considers the, chil- the child might know what they need. They all think they know what the, the child needs, and so the teachers uh, don't understand why the child doesn't learn from them, and maybe the child, like I said, is, is they're not taking time to know the, 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 what's really going on with the child. And so they just kind of group them into a, a category of, you know, misbehavior or not living or working up to their potential or slap some label on them. And really, I think it, my recommendation is that the teachers begin to be, take more individual attention. And, of course, I know they're busy and they can't always do that. Right. But, that, it's difficult. Uh... But to be understanding and compassionate, it doesn't take that much time. I mean, you don't have to, um, you know, I mean, in the olden days, I've, I've, you know, I do a lot of counseling and I've had horror stories. I mean, where teachers would, would you know, take the child up in front of the class and humiliate them or stuff them in a wastebasket or... I mean, you know, whatever. And I know they don't dare do some of that stuff today, but there's a lot of ways where we still can be very condescending and very um, uh, shaming to the child. And uh, that's an older child. And a younger child who is um, in this breakup mode may uh, hide out in their room. They may, uh, well, a middle child, let's just say, they're going to escape into their books and their, their fantasy worlds in their room. A lot of them might they might stay in their room. Uh, some of them will really... Um, hit the books and they'll just start getting all absorbed in other worlds. Uh, maybe the younger ch- children will try to be the clown or keep everybody happy or try to be the cute little one that kind of tries to distract everybody from their anger and frustration. And uh, So all of the kids are taking on pressure. But this is um, very, very common, but, but we don't have time to deal with it because we as parents are exhausted, stressed, and just getting home from work, and we got 16 things to do. We got to make supper. We've given them a crappy supper uh, because we didn't have time to make something good. And then we go on with, you know, and we just shove their homework at them, and they, you know, do it for them or yell at them. I think all of that just creates more stress. But um, really, uh, let's can we can we move, go into the more the spiritual roots? Well, yeah, it? that's what we have to talk about. You said that most people are uh, or, or counselors. Are, are not trained, or parents are not really trained or aware of the spiritual root issues mm-hmm. uh, that affect uh, their children. If they're having difficulty concentrating, right. and of course, getting all to these other um, symptoms and issues that we've been talking about here. But I would just um, well, let me let what, me ask you something. Um, you know, let's look at the main story that carries all of this uh, in the peril in the story of Jesus. Uh, working with the the little boy that was brought by his father. I don't know what they call that story. It's uh, yeah. Mark four, uh, nine fourteen. Mark nine fourteen through twenty nine. So, um, folks, just bear with us as we read through. Listen carefully. Catch yeah. the words because we're going to take them apart. Catch the words because we're going to spend some time on this, looking at the spiritual roots uh, of uh, the example here uh, of this uh, this uh, troubled young, child. Young, troubled child. Uh, young man, we don't know for sure how yeah. old he is, but uh, but listen carefully as we read through here, uh, Mark nine fourteen through twenty nine. And when he came to the disciples, and it's Jesus, of course, he saw a multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him greeted him, and he asked the scribes. What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down 
He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he, again referring to the spirit, has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples said to him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So from this story, as we see some of the descriptives, you know, um, convulsing, throwing himself in the fire, reckless, whatnot, we see that Jesus is attributing this activity and behavior to a demonic spirit or several spirits. So we're looking at spiritual roots according to what Jesus Christ is saying. Well, the, the father recognized that it was a spirit. A demon. He yeah. had, he a had, mute spirit, actually. He, had, he had it. He said, yeah, he said there is a, a spirit. Um, a see. mute spirit. He has a mute spirit. So the father had the right diagnosis, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a solution. Didn't have the, yeah, the power, but he did know it was a demon. And I think that's interesting that he had um, rightly discerned what was going on. And I think that's the beginning. Otherwise, he would have never brought him to Jesus. But because he rightly discerned that his son was being troubled by several spirits who were doing things to him, like throwing him down, convulsing him, making him catatonic. And, you know, um, that father was exhausted. And I'm sure that many parents who have this sort of thing going on. And, you know, we haven't even talked about this particular kind of uh, behavior in a child, which can be extremely exhausting. I mean, even to the point where sometimes uh, parents or kids just throw fits, little, big, huge, unreasonable fits, and whether it's at home or in the store or whatever, and the parents are just beside themselves. They really don't know how to deal with this thing, and they don't want to hurt their children. They don't want to get thrown in jail for abuse. They just don't know what to do. But this man brought his son to Jesus. So a question here, uh, Marjorie. Uh, there's, you know, there's... It sounds a lot here like epilepsy, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, are there cases where there is a neurological uh, function of the brain that, mm-hmm. that causes this? So is, is we can attribute it to a physical condition, uh, or are there times then where we can attribute it strictly to a, a spiritual condition? Is it a combination? 
or how, in a sense, do we, we well? Uh, here's how we tell it, the difference. We're we're made up of body, soul, and spirit, so we're a three-part being, and so there's nothing that says a demon can't mess with your neurological system, or your neurotransmitters, or your brain waves, or your frequencies, or your organs. There's nothing that says he has to stop at the uh, soul level of thinking or feeling. And so there's, there's a lot of tampering with the neurological um, and biological systems of the body, as well as the, um, the, you know, the soul, the emotional, and, and uh, the behaviors and whatnot. So that's a very important principle to realize, a truth, I should say, to realize that, that it is possible for demonic, evil spirits to get inside of people to mess around mm-hmm. with our physical being mm-hmm. nervous system yep. digestive system DNA uh, mm-hmm. DNA even. Yep. yeah and I think wow. people are freaked out by that they just don't want to deal with something like that that's too crazy out there but you know the thing is if you don't deal with it that doesn't mean it doesn't exist and that doesn't make it go away the best thing to do with it is to face it deal with it and not deny it and just try to, you know, take all the shortcuts. Because the shortcuts won't get you to where you want to go. They'll just get you uh, trapped in another set of, um, you know, swamps, if you will. But go ahead. So, let me, uh, so in a sense here, we could say that this father, mm-hmm. and, and we don't know what the background, I mean, he's very, very grieved. He's desperate. He's exhausted. In a sense, he's He's bringing the boy to the church, we could say. Right. He's bringing them to the disciples mm-hmm. for help. So in a sense, he's coming to the, to the right people. Right. But they were not able well, to um, do the job. I don't think they knew what was going on either. I think only Jesus Christ knew, knew the depth of what was really going on here, and he wasn't freaked out. But let me give you a, just a little look at this from the point of strongholds. Actually, I did a whole workshop on this one time, and, and the Why Can't I Concentrate um, CD series came out of that workshop, and at the end of it, we have a prayer to break the power of the deaf and dumb spirits, which um, is really important for people to pray. But look at, look at what's going on here. And, and what I did was I took, there's also the same story is told in the book of Matthew uh, 17, 14, and Luke 9, 37. So we're looking at, the same story, but in Mark, he tells more details. So I'm taking all, the, the, all of the descriptive words out of all of those Gospels to create a kind of a, a program or a network, a, a look at all of the things that can be going on. Just look at this. The activities in the strongholds or the characteristics of this uh, uh, situation that was uh, entrapping this boy. We have dumbness or the, the mute spirit, which means that he wasn't able to, expe- to speak or express his thoughts clearly or his feelings. So that was the spirit of mute or, or dumb, couldn't speak. Then we have the thought-blocking spirits that don't want to express or they don't know what to say or how to communicate. Maybe they're shut down because of fear. So there's, the thoughts are being blocked. So the child can't even think of what he wants to say. And a lot of the, um, the dumb spirits have to do with hearing and, of course, so a lot of times when kids have, have um, inner ear problems, they can't hear. There's um, a lot of earaches and ear infections, especially when they're little. This is an opening for this kind of a, a spirit to get in, believe it or not. Um, and, and so that, the, that also can affect their balance. They can feel dizzy. Their head spins. Um, they don't want to hear. They don't want to know. Uh, or it's painful to hear. 
um, see how that connects. If your ear hurts, then you conclude it, it hurts to hear. It's painful, and so you don't want to hear because you don't want to hurt. And these are the kind of equations and, and agreements that the devil sets up with people. It's crazy. And then, and then also, too, if you have infections, uh, I remember, you know, just as a, as a boy, I, I actually did have a lot of uh, ear infections. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to school sometimes when my ears were all plugged up in right. elementary school, and I couldn't hear. Right. And I, so what I did you actually, believe then? Well, I, I believed that I, I couldn't hear. You know, and then what? something wrong with me. Something wrong with something me. Something wrong with me. Uh-huh. And even if I'd sit up in the front and I couldn't hear... I, the other kids were hearing. I wasn't hearing. Mm-hmm. So, so you believed a lie that there's something wrong with me. And so, I don't know, uh, it's not your fault you have earaches, obviously. And it's not your mother's fault or anything. It's just one of those things the enemy tries to do because he attacks people. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens with kids who can't see very well. And they lose you know, track of what's going on in the classroom and they can't keep up. And there's something wrong with me becomes one of the agreements they make. And if there's something wrong with me, then what? Then I'm not as good as other people. Absolutely. So it sets up that whole attack against your identity. Yeah, and then your identity is, and then and if you, you can sometimes put God you know, into the picture, and, and, and some people can just well, blame God and say, well, how come, I'm, uh-huh. how come I'm like this? Well, yeah, and a lot of people don't put God in the picture at all, and they just think it's their fault. Right, you know? right. So whichever way the devil pushes it, he usually can push it, push yeah. it in the direction he wants. But True. So, you know, so we go back to this idea of I can't think, I can't express myself. And then notice the boy was wallowing. Um, he was struck. He was stuck. He was whining. He was floundering within himself. That's kind of that wallowing, never going forward, never making progress, kind of just, uh, wasting away, wasting time, um, convulsions. So his brain and thought processes were being intercepted by, I think, a neurological uh, spirit of interfering, disrupting the, nerve, the, the uh, ner- electrical uh, signals that were going through the brain. Um, and then there was also, um, you know, obviously the work of the enemy um, in keeping the, the brain in that spirit of con- uh, convulsions, um, contorted, distractions distorted. And then there was a depletion of resources. I think the, the child's body wasn't able to supply the, the nutrients, the minerals, the, the biological things they needed for clear, clear thoughts and thinking. I mean, look at the diets today of the kids. You've got the food colorings and the dyes and the sugars and the, and the breakfast foods that they eat so many times are just, just filled with sugar. And that promotes um, actually the brain fog that sets them up again to not be able to think and learn. And, and um, so we can get to that a little bit later. But So they, was, they start to lose vigor and rigor and health, uh, and they, they go through that distress, kind of pining away. So even by the time you're in the first grade, kids are starting to compare themselves with others and seeing I'm not competing, I'm not good enough, I'm not as good, as smart, oh, sure. as pretty, as sure. popular as, you know, we're always comparing sure. ourselves. I mean, that happen- it happens in preschool. Now, um, yeah, I got some more. Yeah, you got some more? Okay, I've got another question when you're done with that part. Oh, well, yeah, wait for me. <laughs> I'll wait for you. I'll but, see if I concentrate so I don't forget what I was going to ask you. Yeah, well, that's why we have pens, honey. You write them down. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, gets, it gets worse. You know, like this boy, he was careless, reckless, throwing himself in the water and in the fire, and there's just no sense of, of 
safety, there's no care about safety. So we have the suicidal tendencies, the carelessness, the recklessness, the abandonment, um, the disregard for life. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Death, I wish I were dead. The death wish. Sabotage is a big one here too. Self-sabotage, um, self-destruction, self-injury, people cutting themselves. And that gets, a lot of times when kids get a little older, that's where they start to do that cutting and that uh, piercing actually is part of that too because they, they're trying to equalize the pain levels on the inside and the outside. And also it kind of becomes a form of penance or punishment. I'm bad. I deserve to be punished. I've sinned. And so these are morbid kind of ways that the enemy uh, entices people to begin to cut and pierce and poke at their own bodies. Um, but he was, this boy was into piercing. He was into throwing himself in the water and the fire and killing himself without regard through himself. Then you have the seizures, which seem to do both several things. They grab a hold of someone and um, by force and throw them down um, so the person is out of control uh, or under the control of a demon. I mean, this is pretty serious when you lose control of your own physical members. Yeah, and this is, this is the thing, too. I, I, I was just going to share with you about that a little bit. Um, this is a situation where this, this boy really... Does does he have any control over what's going on no. at this point? No, he's out of it. He he is just really out of he is really truly truly out of control. Well, and so to try to reason with someone like that is um, an unreasonable expectation. And so, what and what does you know the, how, how does the father? I mean, he's trying to reason. He loves his he loves his son obviously, and when it's so out of control. You know, he's probably, you know, very likely exhausted every resource he knows. Well, it's interesting, too, that this boy was gnashing at, there's gnashing of teeth. And I think sometimes a lot of kids, they grind their teeth in their sleep. I I don't think that's a healthy thing. I I don't. Oh, no. You know, grinding down their teeth, either their dreams or their attention, anxiety is is being um, lived out again in their sleep. So there's something involuntary, but... um, I wouldn't put up with it if I were a parent. I would forbid that thing to grind at my kids' teeth while they're sleeping if you've ever noticed that gnashing of teeth. And they can be um, hydrophobic. They can be afraid of the water. Uh, almost, or on the other side of it, they can, they're thrown down on the ground. They're laying flat. They're, over, they're overcome with whatever. Um, schizophrenic. They can be split. Their mind is disconnected from their body. Um, they lose control of reality. Their personality disintegrates. Um, or uh, they, they suffer from hallucinations. All of these things kind of become part of the main things. Now, there's some other interesting things. This boy began foaming at the mouth. And I've, I asked the Lord one time, what, what, what's that about? Why? When people have some of these things going, what is the foaming at the mouth about? And um, I read something, and I, someone had done a study on this, and I can't get back to the source of it, but um, that the foaming, the bubbles that are formed in the liquid are cu- coming through fermentation or agitation. Um, in the stomach, when you take in food, um, if that food isn't properly digested, it can ferment. And if there's too much tartaric acid, there shouldn't be any in the body. But a lot of times they find in the kids with these kinds of difficulties, tartaric acid. Now, tartaric acid is used in making wine. And it's, you know, if you've ever made homemade wine, if you see that bubbly, fermenty, scummy stuff that comes to the top, you throw the sugar in and then all this it works and, and ferments and whatever. And this stuff comes to the top and it's, it's um, 
you know, it needs the sugar. So the more sugar you put into the system, the more this bubbly, frothy, foamy, mm. tartaric acid. And another thing that happens is when you burn, uh, you know, carbon dioxide, uh, when you're burning your food, it's supposed to release water. Uh, and But if there's not enough oxygen in the system, it's going to not produce um, H2O. It's going to produce carbon monoxide, one oxygen. And that's kind of like why I think people get brain fog. This is just a theory of mine, okay? It's not yet been proven scientifically, I don't think. But if they want to test it out, that might be interesting. So that the sugar, the, the anxiety in the stomach, the fermenting um, creates brain fog because they're not getting enough oxygen um, to properly com- you know, burn their food. So you've got that going on. That creates the bubbles, the fermenting. Um, it, and actually they say that this tartaric acid is not really found in humans except when there's autism present. Now you can check that out. That may be... Uh, at least that's what I found. There might be new findings since then. Also, there's an eye disease. It's an inability to make eye contact. And there's that lunatic kind of extreme foolishness, insanity, uh, frivolity, fun-seeking. And, and the Bible says that foolishness is, is bound in the heart of a child. So children are already susceptible to this kind of um, frivolity and foolishness. And then also, then we come to the epilepsy, which is the nervous disorders that are um, marked by the convulsions and the attacking with sometimes the loss of consciousness. Um, these are huge, scary things. Uh, the madness, the disordering of the mind, insanity, uh, they're rabid, rash, rigid, stiff, inflexible, hard. Um, that can be of heart, cold, cruel, insane, not mentally sound, carried and converted by a spirit of unbelief. Now, going back to the basic spirits behind this, we have confusion the scattering of the mind, the losing of the train of thought. And then we also have um, the, this, what Jesus said. He said in all three Gospels, he said this, is, this spirit is, comes from a, a perverse and an, um, an unbelieving, un, uh, unfaithful a generation that's perverse. Uh, they don't believe. They, don't, they have doubt and they have um, unbelief. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, he said three times in, the, in every single one of his opening remarks in this matter. So you're looking at a system uh, that this boy was raised in a society where we have um, a faithless and perverse generation. And I think if you look at today's generation, you see all of that going on. But, you know, let's take a break here. How about that? And um, before we um, do the commercial, let's uh, give you the phone number. We're hoping that you can call in tonight and get your questions answered again. Our number to call in is 347 215 8051-347-215-8051. Give us a call, and uh, we'd love to take your questions or comments. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, whoa, uh, where were we here? So often we find it hard to keep our thoughts focused amid the frenzied pace of our multitasking, multimedia world. So many distractions. Did I empty my mind? Or should I fill it? And brain fog moves in again, and we feel blanked out, blocked out, and scattered every which way. It's a tough way to live. Attention deficit, autism, and Alzheimer's have become epidemic in our modern society. It's an all-out war the enemy is waging for our hearts and minds. Where's the help? Where's the hope? Why Can't I Concentrate is Marjorie Cole's dynamic CD that shows just how the enemy is working to shut down our minds and 
and most importantly, how we can be free. To place your order for Why Can't I Concentrate, go to liferecovery.com. Again, that's liferecovery.com. Yeah, so coming back to what Jesus was talking about, about a faithless and perverse generation, we're seeing that the doubt, the unbelief, the, um, and the way we have our system today, our society, anything is okay, everything is you know, as good as anything else, you can believe whatever you want, truth is whatever you make it, um, and all of the huge, um, the deluge of perversions, you know, whether it's pornography, uh, perversions in, in truth. And, um, uh, so it, these, these are actually opening up uh, the opportunities for the deaf and dumb spirits to take more um, territory in our children, in our lives. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, Jesus, Jesus always would get to the root of things, mm-hmm. the heart of things. And um, you got some more there? Yeah, I've got a lot. You know, actually, when you're talking about um, giving lip service to Jesus and just, you know, uh, that's what we so often do. We're not real serious about anything. So we obviously wouldn't be real serious about taking authority over the things that would be troubling our children to the extent that they, we, we need to do that uh, with confidence and authority. But a lot of times what goes on is that um, there's, um, you know, he says these people draw near to me with their lips and their mouths uh, and on me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Um, and for fear of me is taught by commandment of men. So we're looking at religion, and that's another big one that's out there these days, and spirits of error. And so may I just read a fast list of what this ends up looking like in our children, in their minds, as they are re- reacting or reflecting uh, what's really going on in the society around them. These are little... Little reflectors. Our children are our reactions and reflections of us more than um, we might want to admit. They're just innocent and they're just um, not intentional. They're just reflecting. Go ahead. Did you want to? Yeah, the children are really are the fruit of what's going on spiritually mm-hmm. in, in the parents' lives, family's life, and what's going on in a larger sense in the, in the whole nation. Sure. Absolutely. And so they're reflecting two opposites, and this is often the case. Um, the opposites uh, counterbalance in the spiritual world. Wherever there's one demon, there's another demon offering the opposite advice or counsel, so you get to be on that torture rack of try harder, never enough. But you have on the one side, you have the hyperactivity, the excessive or pathological activity, the manic kind of addictive, compulsive, obsessive behaviors. Uh, on the other side, you have lethargy, and you have the spirit of slumber, and deep sleep and stupor, the eyes being closed. So you can go from anything from sluggish and sleepiness and stupefied and dizziness, exhausted, weary, empty, uh, closed understanding, morbid thoughts, drowsiness, apathy, laziness, can't hear, blurred vision, idleness, uh, inertia, poverty, extreme withdrawal, catatonic states, to places like... um, uh, hypocrisy, vain worship, false doctrine, error, legalism, re- rejection of God, and excuse making, all of these things kind of compile uh, and, and add up to being exactly where we see society today. And so I think that there's a lot more activity of the deaf and dumb spirit because Jesus had, there was four spirits he addressed, the mute spirit, the unclean spirit, uh, and the deaf and dumb spirit. Uh, we call it deaf and dumb, I suppose you could have called that too. But, uh, and then, of course, the perversion and the doubt and unbelief. So he was adding it all up to put it within the context of what was 
going on both in the boys' world and in the boys' internal life. So, Margie, what are some of the complications of when when these sorts of this you know we can call it conditions are are treated with, uh, medically, uh, for example, with drugs, and and the uh, spiritual component is not recognized. What happens? So we just uh, putting a band-aid on a deep wound and, and uh well of course of course and you know i think one of the things is people uh parents are especially um feeling responsible guilty trying to do the right thing of course and not faulting anyone but the dad you know he was both afraid that you know the, the child was eventually going to kill himself fear was telling him that this was never going to change uh and he was eventually going to kill himself so he felt guilty um, and probably was living on adrenaline himself, you know, trying to um, protect the boy, um, you know, second-guess him, be uh, there at all times, and then also probably fighting, fighting a little bit of anger because this isn't really fair that this is, you know, my, my cross to bear or whatever. How, why is this happening to me sort of thing? What, 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 have, what have you observed? Uh, you've done, uh, you know, you've counseled and ministered to thousands of people in your uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some of the co- complications you've seen where people have tried the, the medical route? Well, obviously... Uh, the drug you know, route, and it, what happens? Just it, I mean, when it, it's like you're, you're just going after, the, going after it the wrong way. Well-intentioned mm-hmm. in many cases, mm-hmm. but you're really, are you actually... Adding fuel to the fire and just just, mm-hmm. just another mask, another cover up. Well, I think it's a le- it's a matter of a level of faith. I think some people only have faith to believe for um, something, a medicine, a pill, uh, uh, a doctor's recommendation. That's all they've got faith for because they are you know confused and wandering. And I, I know the Lord is faithful, and He will lead them into the deeper um, places where they need to take responsibility and by taking authority. However, probably well, what I see actually is happening is these familiar spirits of deaf and dumb, um, the mute spirits, always they come down generational bloodlines. And, and you know what? Everybody's got demons. It's not your fault. It's just the way it is. Um, when the, Jesus healed the man who was born blind, blind actually was born, born blind, so he was blind in his mother's womb, and the Pharisees said, who sinned to this man or his parents? Well, obviously, the man would have had to do a sin in the womb to be born blind if he would have sinned. So, obviously, we don't think of people as sinning in the womb, although they can believe lies in the womb. And Jesus said neither one of them, but he didn't say there wasn't a reason. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 26, 2, the curse without a cause does not come. And so what I've seen is there's absolutely patterns of what you can predict. Um, when you see, coming down the bloodlines, uh, a spirit of uncleanness, which would include sexual abuse, sexual perversion, uh, going back to Deuteronomy 27 and Deuteronomy 28, you get the curses in 27 and you get the consequences in 28. And in, in 27, it talks about the sexual sins, incest, etc. Et and in 28, it talks about madness, confusion of heart and mind, and so uh, blindness as well. And so what happens psychologically is when, uh, for example, a child is sexually abused. Now, I'm not saying everybody that has this problem has been sexually abused. What I'm saying is these are open doors for these spirits to come down and these are the spirits Jesus dealt with in this boy. I'm not saying he was sexually abused. I'm saying this is what the the open doors provide for these spirits opportunities to do these things. But sexual abuse, for example, when someone is innocent, holy, made in the image of God, 
and abused, say at four or five years old, seven years old, whatever, all of a sudden their identity, their innocence is shattered and they feel bad. They feel like it's their fault. They feel uh, guilty, ruined, uh, dirty, whatever. And so immediately the mind begins to, the devil offers the mind solutions to deal with this uh, devastation. And some of those solutions are to not remember it, not think about it, don't want to know it, don't want to have to deal with it. So the mind begins to block it out. And as the mind blocks it out, it begins to disassociate. And that's where we get these, uh, the splintering of the mind, the uh, blocking, blanking, can't think, scattering, don't know, can't remember. Your mind is busy trying to forget something. At the same time, it's got to be split and busy on the other side trying to learn something. So your mind is drawn into two different places. So, of course, your mind is not all present for anything. So the, now, what are some examples now, maybe, say, with uh, uh, sexual abuse in, in childhood where there's dissociation? Are there any other traumatic experiences people have where they dissociate, which lead to, where they, which leads to later on the inability to, to concentrate and focus? On yeah, that? lots of things. Um, abandonment, um, uh, traumas of almost any kind, um, being afraid, um, being seeing parents beat up one another. Um, uh, being feeling like they're going to be beat or you know lose their lives, uh, any place where they're so terrified that they just go away, um, don't want to know, don't want to think, don't want to remember. So these are all places where the trauma will open up the door for disassociation and blocking their mind. So one of the things people want to do as they're looking into their bloodline is to look for that spirit, the spirit of uncleanness or perversion. Another thing they will want to look for is confusion. And by the way, one of the symptoms or one of the things that's easy to see is if in your bloodline there are already people and there will be people who have, if you know what's going on, um, people who have been hospitalized multiple times, mental nervous breakdowns, mental illness, um, and almost, you know, almost over, I'd say, 80% of the time when you have those kind of things, you'll have someone who's been sexually abused or uh, in some other traumatic way, physically maybe abused although physical abuse isn't quite as devastating unless it's really um, extreme. Extreme, yes. Yeah, and so, so you'll have confusion as well. So you have mental confusion, madness, just like it says in Deuteronomy 28, 28. Um, so you'll have the, the sexual perversion, the confusion. You'll have, and, and possibly you'll look for a lot of ear infections, ear aches. Uh, and again, not all these things always go together. You know, I mean, sometimes you may have one, and having an earache doesn't mean you've been sexually abused. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm just saying your pattern is going to have, you know, if you're seeing these three or four things, then you're going to look for the deaf and dumb spirit. If you especially have um, people who, you know, even in the, in the bloodline, look at how, how articulate the people were. Were they able to communicate, express themselves? Were they quiet, shy? Were they, um, you know, shut down? Um, did they have other, you know, behaviors that slow or something that they might have been called growing up? Uh, question for you, Marjorie. Is, is there such a thing as that when, say, uh, uh, as a child, someone went through a very traumatic event, such as we've been describing here, mm-hmm. um, does it work where, even as they're growing up, if that's not properly dealt with, administered to, is that something that is just, it's written as a program 
in their minds and hearts. So in a sense, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're being haunted, so to speak, with that sort of experience, memories of that experience, mm-hmm. even though it is, is there is such a thing as like a subconscious haunting, should we say, of that experience, so they're not able to focus on school, work, that sort of thing? Well, I think that subconscious haunting, as you put it, is um, probably a demonic control of the thing. Uh, you know, and, and the programs are written by experience and from generation to generation. Each generation gets more, uh, the, the program gets more developed uh, and stronger. And also there are, um, there's assault on the DNA. Uh, the DNA will, you know, actually I've, I, I haven't done a lot of studying on this, but some people do a lot of studying and they've actually done these studies where people with the same problems, for example, say they have an addiction problem on, in one group, they all have the addiction to alcohol. The other ones say they're all, they all have an addiction to some sexual perversion type thing. Uh, and when they studied these two various groups, they found they, they all had damage to their DNA, but the damage was for all the alcoholic addiction group was in a specific place, and for the sexual perversion group, it was in another place, but they all had it. So the DNA is actually being... Uh, Reprogrammed. Well, yeah, ruined, ruined, broken, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that, but one of the good things about the Word of God is they actually have doing tests now that praying and reading the Word of God repairs the DNA. Well, that's a question I was going to ask. It's like, so if, say, you know, as, uh, as a parent, I have a child, you know, because there's, there's sins marked on my DNA from generations past or my own sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that, you know, it's, it seems like it would be a very hopeless situation if, oh, it's on my DNA, and I have uh-huh. kids now that have my, you know, DNA. DNA. What can I do about that? But you, you just touched on it there. But would you, uh, could you elaborate a little further on that about what's the solution well, to that? Is, Jesus, you know, what's the hope? Yeah, there's a hope. There's the only hope is in Jesus Christ. As, otherwise, it is a hopeless mess. But he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when we are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, when Jesus redeems us with his blood, he redeems everything, including our DNA, which means that we're now eligible to get all that stuff put back in the right place and healed. So, so when, we're, um, when we're talking about uh, truth, we're talking about recognizing the lies. And, and first of all, and the agreements made to permit the demons uh, to come into our life as a result of those believing those lies. So here's how it goes. It goes, first, you're tricked or tempted into believing a lie because you're in a situation that's desperate. The devil sets you up in a desperate situation. Then he gives you a solution to the problem. Now, if you take his solution to the problem, what's going to happen is you're going to agree with him, agree with the lie like, I'm no good, I'm stupid, I'm different, I'm bad, it's my fault, whatever. You agree with that. You just have given him permission to take your authority and use it against you. So now he's binding you, Jesus said, he who commits sin becomes a slave of sin. He who comes into agreement with the lie does the sin, becomes slave to the, to the one who, who set him up and, and, and then that one binds him. So it's, it's first you believe the lie, you come into agreement with the lie, you, you sin, and now you're bound. So to reverse that, 
you have to cancel out the lie. You have to find the lie. Ask, okay, what are the lies my generation has been believing that's allowed these familiar spirits to come down generation after generation to bring more and more destructive programming um, in, in, into our lives? What are the lies we're believing? And then you as the authorized representative of that bloodline can stand and take authority over those things. Now, as a parent, that's good news because you can stand up on behalf of your children and, and cancel out the agreements that, uh, with the, that the enemy has with your parents and their grandparents. And, and you can begin to uh, bring um, a declaration of truth into the life, into your family. And that would, of course, mean walking in righteousness. Just a few moments ago, you alluded to something about where the, our DNA can be actually repaired or restored through, what was that? Through the meditation on the Word of God? Yeah, yeah. Um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind is Scripture in Romans. Um, actually, it's proven that whatever you meditate on um, creates a substance that uh, is put into your long-term memory bank. So when you're thinking about whatever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and of good report, uh, when you're meditating on the truth of God's love and not on the judgments and all that stuff that you think is God, but what you, when you really meditate on the goodness and the forgiveness of God, His grace, mercy, and peace, then you're not going to be thinking about what you're afraid of and oh no and what if and the anxieties and the fears of the enemy. And so that begins to create in your long-term memory bank the, the sense of stability and peace which actually then becomes part of a new program that's operating in you. Now, until your children are able to do that, you can do that for them in as much as you will give the example, you will lead the way. You will, For example, let's just say that you are struggling tonight with a child or maybe your own life, you've got some of these things. Um, the first thing, and by the way, if you want to call in, this is an, a good time to do that. Bring a, a, a question or a comment. Whatever you have for us, we would love to hear it. Um, so here's the number. The number is 347-215-8051. Again, call in number to Rescue Radio at 347-215-8051. If you have a question, we certainly would welcome you to give us a call. Yeah, and we don't mind ministering on the radio if you don't mind it. You're going to be anonymous anyway. This goes all over the world. They'll never know who you are. But and it's, it's a good thing. It's good to, to take this opportunity um, to, for example, let's just say that you um, give me an example, honey, of someone who might be uh, having problem with concentrating and, uh, and, and we'll do some ministry. Pretend like you're that person. Pretend <laughs> like I'm that person. Yeah, having a hard time concentrating. And, I'll, and I will show you how it goes. Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm a um, uh, university student. Okay. I'm a junior at the University of Minnesota. And uh, I don't know, it just seems like I'm just not really very focused. I'm just exhausted a lot of the time. I'm, I'm you know, trying to get enough sleep and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, I work a, a, a part-time job. You know, a few hours a week, but it just seemed like I just can't, you know, okay. stuff just seems to go over my head. Okay, so you're, okay, so what is the lie that Jesus would want you to know in that particular case? What's the lie that this person is believing 
about their themselves, their ability to learn, to focus, concentrate, to succeed. But I just you know feel like there's something wrong with me because mm-hmm. I I mean wh- okay. what is it? There's something wrong with me that I can't quite figure it out. I can't quite. Okay, so you're trying to figure something out, and you've already believed and came into agreement with either something wrong with me. Um, and so now, does Jesus make us flawed? Does he make us um, defective? No. All right. So did he make you to be, there to be something wrong with you? No. So who's trying to convince you there's something wrong with you? Satan. That's right. So, but did you know that? Well, I've been hanging around with you a little bit, so I know. Yeah, but that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But you know. No, most people, you know. They would say? say. They would say. They would say no. They'd say, well, it's. It's just me. It's the way I'm, I think. It's just me. It's just what's going on. Yeah. The, the, the whole spirit it, stepping out from my role here a little bit. That um, the, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even, you know, think in terms of that spiritual Well, because dimension. you know what they do? They think that the thoughts they're thinking are their thoughts. And so they're just assuming that those thoughts, I'm stupid, I'm slow, it's my problem, I'm, there's something wrong with me. They're assuming, believing, embracing those thoughts as their own. And the minute you believe I am, you say I am, whatever you put behind the I am, you have agreed with. Can you, can you do your uh, thought yes. phrase, honey? This is, <laughs> this is classic Marjorie Cole, folks. Not every thought you think you thought are thoughts you thought. Some of the thoughts you think you thought are thoughts and we want you to think you thought. So I think get you think you thought them so then you'll embrace them as your own. Not every thought you think you thought are thoughts you thought. Some of the thoughts you think are thoughts and we want you to think you thought so we can get you to think you thought them and embrace them as your own. So I Did hope, you want me to slow that down a I little hope, bit? <laughs> I hope, folks, you're concentrating enough so you got the exact concept. In other words, you're being that. tricked. <laughs> That's right. Not every thought. You need to, you need to do a thought test for mm-hmm. every test. Take every thought captive, captive the Bible says. Captive to the says, yeah. of, of Christ. Yeah. You know, to every thought captive. In other words, grab those thoughts. And say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Grab whoa. them and take Who a are look you? at them. Hey, Where are you from? Where's that from? Heaven? Yeah. Hell? Who's talking to me? I like that. Take captive. In other words, just grab them and take a hold of them and don't let check them go. Check their IDs at the door. Get, yeah. Get, check their... Mm-hmm. Their get, origin. Get the ID check on them. Yeah. Before you... Because, you know... Throw away the ones that are... Cast them out. From the enemy. Because you know what? That's exactly how the enemy programs. Are from God. He programs our minds by these very subtle things. Of He impersonates us to ourselves, actually. So the, you know, the deaf and dumb spirit will come in and he's so familiar. These things are you're so familiar with them. You don't even think of them as not you. You, you think of them as part of you. You think that's who I am. That's what I do. That's how I, um, you know, operate. And so um, it's kind of like uh, you don't stop them. You don't. You know, you set yourself up in opposition to them. They set themselves up in opposition to you and divide the house. You know, we become our own worst enemy. So okay, so I'm this. Right. I'm this. Yeah, you're back. Okay, so you uh, believe. Students back. I've I've come back and I've I'm I'm here now with Marjorie Cole. Mm-hmm. I I I got an appointment with her, and so I'm. How can you help me? Well, first of all, I would ask you. Because I'm failing in organic I, First of all, I would ask you if you believe that Je- who Jesus is. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Son of God, died on the cross? I would ask the person, first of all, to make that kind of a, uh, acknowledgement because, number one, you don't want to deal with demons if people are not, I mean, if they're not saved. I mean, 
You say, well, well, I don't even think Christians can have demons. Well, yeah, they can. Can Christians have rats in their house? Mm-hmm. Does having a rat in your house make you a rat? No. The Bible does not say, there's no scripture in the Bible that says a Christian cannot have a demon. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, like we were talking one of the weeks, a um, couple of opportunities or examples where there were um, very powerful believers, uh, James and John and Peter, who, uh, you know, Jesus had to scold them and deal with their demons right there on the spot. So, um, you know, I think we need to give up some of our theology and, and see what the Word of God says. But if you don't recognize that you have an alien force inside of you called a demon or a lie or a liar or a stronghold, you will always be the problem of your own problem, the fault of your own problem, and you'll never solve it, especially when you want forgiveness and freedom. Step aside from my student role for a moment. Here. Yeah. I'm kind of going in and out on this. But... Um, doesn't that, doesn't the thought of that just almost can freak people out and say, oh my, there's a demon in me. Mm-hmm. What in the world is well, this? Am I just, is there any hope for me? Is this, I mean, am I, am I that evil of a person that demons reside no. in me? How do you, how do you address well, that? Well, you have to know who you are. You are the house. You are not the rat in the house. You are the man who owns the house. And just because you have a rat in your house does not make you a rat. But a lot of people believe, oh, no, if I have a demon, I can't be saved or I can't be, you know, I'm going to go to hell or I'm a demon or something. Well, that's not true because, um, you know, you are a human being made in the image of God. You are a house, a temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been invaded. That's what the Bible says. The strong man comes in to plunder the house. The strong man is the enemy who comes in to take over your house because he doesn't have a house. And then he comes to rip you off. And he can't do that if you're resisting him because the Bible says submits God, resists the devil. So the devil comes in pretending to be guised, to be disguised as you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So me is not I. I am an I am, but my me, the me is a reflection. Uh, the devil sounds like me or my flesh, um, and me is not who you really are. And so me will come in and pretend to be you. And uh, so then it gets kind of, if we don't discern the difference, we are captured. Okay. Um, no, I'm back. Here's, here's, okay. I'm a student. I'm back. Okay. And you asked me, yes, I, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have uh, put my trust in Jesus. My faith does not seem to be very strong, but that's where I am. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you if you believe in Jesus. Yes, you said you did. So now, remember, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. He is everywhere present. He's even back when you were a little tiny baby in the womb. He's everywhere in your life right now. All in the sa- at the same time, he's, there, he's eternal. He's everywhere. So he is there as the faithful witness, and this is what we need to get back to. To get to the truth, we need someone who is there. We need an eyewitness, someone who can take you back to that place and tell you the truth. Um, okay, we have, can I put you on hold? Yep, yep, I'm, I'm a I've got some, we've got. I'm used to uh, waiting and I'm gladly <laughs> wait. We, we have a caller. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Terry, let's. Uh, yeah. let's no, do, it's Terry. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Terry. Yeah, Thanks. I um, I tutor a lot of children that have um, 
said they have issues with focusing. And mm-hmm. I have one in particular. This boy is actually, I believe he has a pretty high IQ. They haven't tested him yet. Uh-huh. But he cannot sit still. He cannot. It's hard to get to focus in the classroom. He's all over the place, the teacher said. So what what do I need to do to to help him? I pray for him, and that helps to settle him. But is there something mm-hmm. that needs to be, you know, cast out? Or? Well, first of all, um, number one, a lot of times these kids with this, uh, any kind of learning disabilities really are very smart kids. They're extremely, they're almost so smart, and sometimes they're actually bored in class, and maybe that's why he's not sitting still. You might also look into his background, his home life, um, and also does he come from a family of believers. Now, as a person in the classroom, um, you can quietly, you know, bind things. As a matter of fact, I will tell all teachers and all people who go to work or have an office or go to a classroom, I will say to you, Take authority over your place of employment, your, your, your classroom, your office, by securing the perimeters of it every day when you go in. Because you, as the authorized representative of the kingdom of God, uh, have the, the right, the dominion, the, the kingdom of God has come into that place through you. So you secure the perimeters and nothing goes on in that room um, that is not part of the kingdom of God. And, and that will really shut down a lot of this little... Um, scuttlebutt, I think, that the enemy tries to do in our offices, time and space. I take control, authority over the time, the you know, classroom, the school day, this room uh, with the blood of Jesus and the authority that he's given me as a teacher. I have the authority in this place, and I forbid, then you begin to forbid. I forbid the enemy to conduct his operations against these children. I pray, Lord God, that their eyes will be open to see and to learn, to hear, to understand. I bind and shut down the mute spirits, the spirits of um, condemnation, guilt, attention, deficit. I shut them down so that your children can begin to learn because I think if they start to get some successes in their life, that's going to go a long way towards helping them. Um, You can bind any other spirits, unclean spirits, deaf and dumb, fear, anxiety, panic, whatever. You just ask Jesus. You say, Lord, what what are they doing? What's, What's the fear? What's the lie? that the enemy is telling this boy or this child or these children, what is the lie? And it'll come right to your, your spirit. The Lord will bring it right to your understanding. And then when he does that, you just begin to bind it. I bind the spirit of fear or insecurity or, um, uh, you know, foolishness or um, you can attention deficit. I forbid you, enemy. I bind you. I have authority over you. This is the kind of spiritual warfare we have to begin to do for our children. Um, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. and, and then I mean, you... we can. I know a lot of you know. Some, if, if children aren't being covered, you know, by their parents, um, I, I guess that's why we're here, right? We intercede, right, and we're praying, yeah. and we pray for them and cover them with the blood of Jesus. And, um, yeah. I, um, yeah. Fortunately, I work in a school where most people are Christians, and the principal is actually very openly Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty awesome. But there's still, you know. There's well, still a lot of religious things there. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Too. Well, yeah. you know, and, and you have to look at your place. The Lord has placed you in this child's life as a uh, an encouragement. And if you know specifically that there are hurts in their life, and, you know, um, then pray specifically for those things. Again, uh, the, the lack of attention, the wiggling, the hyperactivity, if there's some things going on at home, uh, that are worrying the child, that might be part of the problem. You might be able to talk with them. Um, sometimes just 
putting a hand on them, even in helping them with their paper or whatever, just kind of can calm them down. And just as you pray your prayers, take time with them, use their name, encourage them with a word. And in whatever you do, speak truth against the lie. Like, for example, if he's feeling stupid or let's just say that, you say, you know what? You've got a really good mind. You can, I mean, I know you know how to do that already. Just kind of speak to the, the truth into their life in that place. And if there are, um, you know, real disruptive spirits, like they're convulsing or throwing them on the floor or whatever they're doing, then you might want to just, under your breath, bind certain things and forbid them uh, to continue their operation against the child in your room. So, um, okay. yeah. Did you want to? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm like in my own office, so and it's just me and the child. So uh-huh. a lot of times the spirit just wait there. I put my hand on their back and they're fine, and they just start. Yeah, you know? okay. but, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Then, what? That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, you do have that authority in that office. You know, the binding and the loosing, mm-hmm. and and you know just you don't you know, and, and you got God. You don't have to let anything go on in there that's not from the Lord. And so mm-hmm. um, just just use that authority. It sounds like you're really on the right track. And, and I think to be discreet about it as well, because yes. obviously the enemy doesn't like this sort of thing. So um, always do it how Jesus would do it, whatever he would do, you know, with wisdom and with grace and with, um, you know, just patience and love. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who are, you know, teachers of, um, what are they, the, the classes now, the, I don't know what they all call them, the learning disabilities. Special the ed. Special ed, yeah, a lot of special ed people. And I, I don't know, Terry, do you see that there's more and more kids that are coming through special ed? Yes. I'm, I don't work special ed, but um, I'm actually a tutor for, um, mm-hmm. um, for actually an outside source that comes into the schools and kind of works for free for the school. But, um, yeah, there's a lot. And I guess I'm just learning, too. And my heart is for the mentally ill. God has really given me a heart for them. So um, I'm learning a lot, too. And I didn't really realize that most of them are genius IQs. They are. And that's when they know there's a problem. Because they they go, oh, okay, their IQ is like 115. Mm -hmm. But their reading level is a 6. In you know in what they call a BRA and it should be ten or twelve in first grade and it's a six you know and sometimes they're second grade and it's a six so there's something wrong there's a well actually there. well it's actually you could call it a, a spirit of that blocks or blocks the flow of yeah. the information yeah and so this learning disability you could almost call that a demon this learning disability demon who's blocking the ability to get out what's in and that would be the mute spirit again. They can't communicate what's inside out to give it to put it to the outside. They're reading or expressing, and so I really there's a lot of deaf and dumb spirits. There are so many, and they take so many different kind of subtle forms that people don't even think about. That that seems like such an old-fashioned kind of a demon, deaf and dumb. I mean, it's like, but um, Jesus, you know, he they're they're very prevalent. I would encourage you to. Um, Go to the liferecovery.com website and pick up a Why Can't I Concentrate CD. That might be uh, helpful. Um, there's one whole section on a deaf and dumb spirit. One CD is all just on that. So, yeah. 
Do you well, think I that's just, what causes that ADHD mainly? Because I know ADHD, you hear kids being, you know, called that all the time, you know, and you're, yeah. it's being, that's being used all the time, and I'm like, this is kind of being overused. Um, I think and, so, too, You know, yeah. it's spiritual. So, well, um, right, it, it, but the world does the definite dumb spirit, do you think that is mainly... Uh-huh. Oh, he's definitely a part. He's definitely a part of both ADD and ADHD. Uh, hyperactivity, the hyperactive component, also brings in a spirit of fear or anxiety or, um, rec- you know, that recklessness, that kind of disregard, that inability to focus, concentrate. It's, you know, their lives are so much endangered more that they they don't realize that the the important task of learning is is not as important to them as just surviving. So survival is the major. That's why hyperactive, they're really hypervigilant. They're looking, constantly moving, eyes on the door, seeing where I can get out if I have to leave quickly, how I would escape. You know, these kinds of very, very um, uh, clued into details, uh, very observant. Um, they, they're just preserving their life. They're just, you know, they're little fighters and survivors, and so that's why they are hyperactive, I think. Um, now you say, well, some of these kids might be coming from what looks like really nice homes, and it doesn't look like there's a problem. But again, you can't always go with what it looks like. You have to go with what's going on inside of the child, and their perception of what's going on, and or what we real what is really going on may not be what is being presented to the outside world either. Um, so, yeah. and you know, I think a lot of uptight parents create a lot of uptight kids. I think if the parents are at peace and reading yeah. their Bibles giving the foundation of the children. Um, and, and, you know, when the parent is reactive, the kid will be reactive. If the parent's freaking out, the kid's going to freak out. If the parent's freaked out because the teacher's freaked out because the kid's not learning how to read, it all gets passed on down until it gets to the kid. And it's my fault and I'm stupid, bad, and, you know, nobody loves me. I mean, a lot of them are long tight because a lot, there's a perfectionism out there, too. Oh, and I, yeah. I, in fact, one week I had about five kids break down crying in my office, and I said, Okay, either they feel at peace here and they feel they can cry or I'm doing something wrong here, Lord, you know. But uh-huh. it really was a peace and they were wound so tight, some of them, because their parents uh-huh. are. They want them to do well and their parents mean well, but they don't realize mm-hmm. their, the pressure they're putting on their child, I don't believe. So I pray that with them too. But um, Well, but yeah, yeah. that's right. And le- learning should be a place of fun. And you can't really learn if you're not relaxed because if your brain is all rigid, and uptight and fearful, it's not going to be receiving any new information, any kind of, you know, uh, reading instructions or math or whatever. And so you, uh, your secret then is to give them a sense of acceptance and safety. And, um, and like you said, a lot of parents are under a lot of pressure for their children to look really good, be perfect, be the star, uh, be the best athlete, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's just all about... Right. It's all about me looking good, and my kid has to look good so I can look good, you know, which, right. of course, puts the pressure on the child to be, you know, something for the parent. It's really uh, not right, you know. So right. if you can, yeah, if you can give that safety and that encouragement, and I don't know if you obviously probably can't pray before you start, but if you would get to do the, the hardcore mentally ill, you know, when you're talking about people with the, the paranoias and the schizophrenias and the, Stuff like that. You're gonna, you're gonna have to go deeper with uh, going into the memories um, with them and ask the Lord to show them. I mean, these kids are really trapped. And some of them, you know, I have had clients who were ritualistically abused all of their going to school days. Every 
I mean, they went to school. They barely got there. But they were being ritualistically abused, systematically abused for most of their elementary school life or maybe even up into high school. And, you know, how, and how, how can that be done unless you disassociate? How can you separate and, you know, be a cheerleader or uh, be in sports or be in drama and, and, and be in school and then on the weekends you're, you're being, you know, part of rituals and sacrifices and stuff unless you're very disconnected and, and, and disassociated. And so a lot of these kids with this hardcore, and I'm not saying everybody who's paranoid, blah, 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 has been had ritualistic abuse, but there's something hardcore there. Because um, nothing like this just comes from nowhere. Yeah. So that's good. Well, well, I thank you so much for, for calling. And uh, let me pray. Let's pray for you for a second here. Father, we just thank you for Terry and all the ones out there like her who are uh, ministering to children who are, broken, uh, who need encouragement. And you are so gracious, Lord, to have sent these encouragers, angels along the way to help the children, to encourage their hearts um, and to bring them to the place of, of life and hope and possibility. So, Father, we pray for divine wisdom. We pray for um, the revelation of Jesus Christ into the minds, into the hearts of these children, that you will raise them up uh, above and beyond their circumstances, Lord, and set them free for your own glory, and that you give Terry wisdom and direct her as you would direct the many like her who are ministering to these children, special ed um, and the mentally ill, the autistic, the attention deficit, all of these children. We just lift them up before you right now, Lord God, and pray that you'd intervene in their lives to remove and find the spirits of destruction that have come to, to snatch their thoughts and take them out. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling, and uh, yeah, God bless you. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, yeah. Amen. Bye bye. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Oh, it is, and it's wonderful to hear that you know there are, are many I know out there like like Terry who mm-hmm. who are really you know are recognizing yeah. the what's going on and are are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the grace of God to provide light and encouragement mm-hmm. and, and under, true understanding yeah. to, to yeah. these children. So. Well, a lot of times I think people don't look to the Lord. I mean, I, I think that um, uh, even in our jobs, we'll, we'll try to figure it out, like um, even the, the student you're trying to pretend to be. Um, this young man is trying to figure out his own life, and he's been told by society, you know, get a life, it's up to you, take responsibility, figure it out, what's your problem, you know, um, make something of yourself, um, you know, you can be anything you want to be, well, all of that's a bunch of jargon that isn't necessarily true, and it's a lot of pressure on this one to figure out your life, and I think so many people are trying to figure out their life when already God has figured it out for you, so can we take a little minute here to take a commercial break, we're going to bring a commercial on about, um, if I'm, a, if I'm a Christian, why am I still sinning? Um, this is another dilemma that people have. Okay, so now I'm saved. I'm not living like I used to, but I find myself still sinning. So now I am a saved sinner, right? But how much can I sin and still be saved? Maybe I've really blown it and lost my salvation, or maybe I really didn't get saved at all because the more I try to be good, the worse I seem to get. 
And if I can't be good at being good, maybe I should just forget this whole thing and go back to being good at being bad. All this being saved and living to please God stuff just isn't working for me. Many believers are caught in these age-old struggles. Marjorie Cole has prepared a must-hear CD entitled, If I'm Saved, Why Do I Still Sin? This timely CD takes a clear and close look at the meaning of forgiveness and the futility of trying to be good in order to be saved. Marjorie helps you discover truth from God's Word that will give you the power and freedom to live without the frustration, discouragement, and self-condemnation you may have been going through. To order your copy of If I'm Saved, Why Do I Still Sin?, go to liferecovery.com. Again, go to liferecovery.com. Wow, you know, isn't that the case? So many people are so tangled up with their behavior that they don't really believe that they're saved. I mean, they, they keep making an analysis of themselves. I think the devil is doing it, actually, of, you know, basing their spiritual condition on how they feel emotionally and how they're doing um, psychologically. And, um, of course, the devil, even though you're saved, the, the devil doesn't stop trying to trick you. I mean, the tricks uh, go on and on. And so um, people have to realize that it's the lies that we're being tricked into believing that, that capture us. Mm. And, and then the enemy contends with our salvation. Okay, now, kind of in a nutshell, can you just help me? I've been... Hanging on? This, okay. I'm a student. This list, list. concentrate, junior okay. at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. Help well, it doesn't me. matter I what do, university you're I do believe in Jesus. What can you All right. just... All right, so, you're, you're, okay, so the enemy's going to tell you, you you're not doing something enough. You need to do more. It's up to me. And I need to figure it out somehow. Yeah, figure okay. it out, up to me, up to me. And, you know, and then, then your friends are going to tell you other things like, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Um, you've, you've just got a, a million uh, voices coming at you, opinions. Mm-hmm. And um, that in itself is, makes it difficult for us to concentrate uh, and to think about. But back to the basics. You know, if you love Jesus, then you ask Jesus, and you don't even need a counselor to do this because he is the wonderful counselor. Um, Say, Lord, what's the lie I'm believing? What, you know, first identify your problem. How come I'm so depressed? How come I can't um, seem to concentrate? How come I can't get my papers written on time? How come I procrastinate? Um, well, let's just take an idea. You know, for example, procrastination. You know, you've got this big paper due. I don't know if you do or not, but just say you put it off. You, you, you know. Yeah, that's what I tend to do. Put yeah, it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Procrastination can be is a spirit, by the way, because it's. It's, uh, you know, on the other hand, you've got the racing drivenness to get it done. So procrastination, some of the lies that might go with that one, that spirit are, I'm afraid to, to if I do it, I might do it wrong. Or um, what are some of the, you know, when you feel like you just don't want to do it, it's going to be hard, uh, too much work. Um, um, I hate research. I don't like to do it. it, it you're just, it's building up a whole a litany of resistance and reasons in your mind why you should... Right, because I, I already feel overwhelmed with all the other work i got to do. Because you've put that and off, then, too. Then, yeah, put that off, and then there's one more thing. So what happens next? Well, you know, I think it's just you're, you're thinking. 
because you've gone through, you've I'm gone along with, yeah. you've walked a long ways with procrastination, for example, and he's taking you down the road of, and now you're exhausted, depressed, and you've got a deadline, and you're freaking out, and, and you know, you don't, you're tired, so you throw the caffeine, you throw the, the no-dose, whatever you're going to do, just to do an all-nighter, um, and in the process, you're blanked, you're blocked, you can't think, you can't, you're, you're just, you've not given your body, number one, what it's needing, the exercise, the good fresh air, the water probably that you need to drink, the, instead of all the soda pop. You see all kinds of things going on that are making, uh, making your physical body uh, sluggish. You know, you're not going to bed at night. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not taking care of the temple. Okay, mm-hmm. so then you've got, that's your biological system. Then you're believing lies like, I'm bad, stupid, no good. I'm, I, you know, probably this has gone on since a kid. You know, this idea of um, a failure or feeling overwhelmed or got to be perfect. Yeah. Maybe that's another one of your problems. Mm-hmm. I've got to do it so perfect that I can't do it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't let myself make any mistakes. Any of that ringing a bell? Yep, it is. I mean, that's the way it's been, but it seems like it's getting worse now. You know, it, well, that's you know. because it's not been taken care of and when you let something just kind of build up and up and up. So where would you like to start um, in dealing with this mountain of unfinished business, p- putting things off, feeling overwhelmed? Uh, what is the truth? What is the lie? What's the lie you believe? What is the lie Jesus tells you? Well, the lie is that I'm part of it is like I'm not well organized. That's condemnation. I don't, I'm not able to use my time well. That's, That's condemnation. I just, my brain just doesn't seem to be working. My, like That's it. another lie. Yeah. Because Jesus made your brain to work. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is not, does not condemn us. So you have three demons right there who are sitting on your head, trying mm-hmm. to make you feel bad, like you, your brain doesn't work. Yep. And it's all I, I, I. It's up yep. to me. On the one hand, it's up to me to get this all figured out. And on the other hand, um, I can't do it because my brain doesn't work and I'm disorganized and whatnot. Yeah, it's up to me. I can't do it and I don't know what to do. All right. So that's where a lot of people are. But you're on the torture rack of it's up to me to figure out what I can't figure out. And that's the vicious circle. And that's the torture rack. And that's where a lot of people spin out. They 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 just wear out, they rust out, they shut down, and, you know, um, they drop out, mm-hmm. and then they go after other things. Mm-hmm. So where can they start? What? Well, where do you start? You start by stopping. Start by stopping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm stopping. That means I surrender to Jesus. That means I give up the first lie. It's up to me. Okay. It's up to me to figure it out. On the one hand, on the other side, I can't figure it out. You got. I, it's up to me, but I can't. They're two different opposites, pulling in opposite directions, ripping you apart, stretching you on a torture rack. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, what does Jesus say about living on a torture rack? What does he say? I've come that you might live on a torture rack and survive uh, it. He said. He said that I should be having life and life more abundantly. That's what he came to give me. Okay, so that's what he's going to give you. He's not coming that you can cope through the use of drugs and dope. He's coming that you can live the mm-hmm. abundant life he died to give you. So, number one, you um, need to be released from the torture rack. Now, what has put you on the torture rack? Truth or lies? 
lies. Well, it's up to me. I got to figure it out. Is that I, what the Bible says? I have to achieve a certain level of perfection. Is that make, what the Bible? The, does the Bible make, say that? In either case, I have case. to make the grade. That's what I've been raised in. I got to. Yeah, you've been brainwashed to make the grade. Brainwashed. Otherwise, otherwise you're just not going to make it. Yeah, you're at the bottom of the heap. Mm-hmm. It's all about perfection, performance, uh, and and racing and drivenness, and that creates a lot of anxiety and breakdowns, physical problems, and is any of that what the Bible tells us to do? No. Okay, so all of that is the advice from hell. Yeah, I've been listening to the wrong advice for a long time. Right, so those are lies. Now, what does Jesus say lies will do to you? They'll put me in the bondage. Right, and the truth will set you free. That's right. So what is the truth Jesus wants you to know about your life? My life? Mm-hmm. That I don't have to strive to be perfect. Jesus, show him. That's right. Son of God, show him what is the revelation of truth you want him to know about his life. That I'm loved by God. And therefore? I'm valuable. And if I'm valuable and loved by God, then what? Then I don't have to worry about anything. Because I am what? I'm secure mm-hmm. in him. And what else? And that I am made in his likeness and image. Therefore, I am what? I am his. And if I'm his and I'm made in his image and I don't have to worry about anything, then I'm what? Well, he's, he's going to take care of me. Yeah. And therefore, do I have any problems? No. So I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Is it okay to be okay in this world? Well, a lot of people don't think so. Yeah, I know. But the only way you're going to get through here at all is to be okay with being okay. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of people aren't okay with being okay because they don't think they can be okay with being okay. Because it's not okay to be okay, if you know what I'm saying. A lot of people think that if they think they're okay, they're just in a delusion or they're <laughs> proud or something. Well, you know... Really being okay with being okay is saying this. You're saying, I am not in charge of my life. I'm letting the Holy Spirit run my life. Um, He is leading me in the direction I should go. He's making my decisions. I follow Jesus. I don't fix myself. I'm walking in the grace of God, and he will perfect that which concerns me. That's Psalm 138.8. Very important for all those driven perfectionists out there. I'm 138.8. So that means I don't have to figure everything out and mm-hmm. try to just Be improve my life. I don't have to mm-hmm. focus on but are you used self-improvement. To, yeah, the self-improvement is, in an, is an insult to God, to the Holy Spirit, because he's there to work and perfect and improve and correct and, and chasten and sanctify and uh, train us up. That's his job, not the demon there's you know, a lot of Christians are being perfected by their demons. Does that shock you? No. They're religious, pious demons who are telling them how to be good enough to get to heaven. When getting to heaven isn't about being good enough at all. It's about believing Jesus died on the cross. And every demon in hell knows the truth. But they're trying to get us to believe that we've got to be good to get to heaven. And of course, because we want to be good because we're made by God and we love goodness, then we see all the mess that we're living in, including the mud puddle we live in. We all are motivated to get rid of all that yuckiness. 
And so we are pretty, um, you know, we fall easily for the lie of I've got to be good. How do we get rid of that yuckiness? How do I? Mm-hmm. The how do I's are from hell. Okay. So everything that the how do I say to you, well, first he asks you the question, the demon says, how do I? How do I get rid of it? How do I be good? How do I serve God? How do I get closer to God? How do I lose five pounds? How do I, how do I, how do I? And then there's a book written on how do I, and you don't need to read that book. Lots of books on how do I. I'll call it self-helps, yeah. But you, so the how do I's ask you the question, and then when they get you to listen, then they send in their buddy to give you the answer. Well, the, the, the buddy that usually comes in to help the how do I's are, it's up to me and try harder. It gives you another thing to buy, another thing to do, another thing to wear, another thing to drive, another thing to, you know. And it flat out wears you out. That's right. After a while. It takes away your peace. It, it substitutes mm-hmm. exhaustion for peace, mm-hmm. collapsing for resting. And then you think you've found the right formula and you work that formula and then there's another formula. And it's and never another, enough. And another. And, and it's another, always and more. Another. And you get mad, don't you? See, there's the gospel called the gospel. You want to give up. Well, hey, you got my gospel. There's one gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the gospel of grace. And that's the good news of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Now, the devil's got a bunch of counterfeit gospels that he kind of sides up and slides right alongside of this gospel of grace so that we get screwed up. The first one is the gospel of be good. Like you said, try to be good. You know, get it right. Do, do, do. Then we get into the gospel of guilt because you fail to be good. You feel guilty. And then you get mad because you tried hard to be good and you didn't make the grade and it it wasn't fair so you get mad yeah so what you're saying we're talking about concentration is that we're concentrating on all the wrong stuff absolutely that's fair to say so we're concentrating but we're concentrating on the wrong stuff so it's you know we, we're at the, we're in and this, and and we're, when hey, you're concentrating on all the wrong stuff, you can't concentrate on the right stuff. Well, that's that's exactly what it is. So we're concentrating on the wrong stuff. We're not concentrating on the right stuff, which is Jesus. And then we have trouble concentrating on the <laughs> stuff in between. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if we just be okay and abide, we'd be focused and free to focus, and we'd be happy, and we'd be sensitive to what's going on, and we'd feel okay. We'd feel at peace with God and we'd feel um, able to, to be able to, to do what we need to do. So with peace and with joy. Now, now, but a lot of people are listening to the demons who are trying to help them to be uh, better, to concentrate, to focus, to... Um, but then going back to the gospel, so we have the gospel, be good. Then we have the gospel of try harder, you know, or the gospel of um, the guilt because you failed. So if the gospel be good, the gospel of guilt. Then we get mad because it's not fair, because I tried so hard and I should be better than this by now. And then we get the gospel of give up. And that's where a lot of people, they just give up on God. They say, you know, God wants too much. He's too hard on me. It's never enough. Um, you know, can't please him. And then they go into the gospel of gossip where they just begin to backbite and talk about others and, and you know, judge others and become critical. Okay. Um, now... Uh, I'm a student here, and I've, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get back to class. Our appointment's just about over. <laughs> um, can can because uh, I've I've got a big test coming up and paper. Okay. And, and uh, 
I was going to stop procrastinating okay. tomorrow, but now I'm going to stop procrastinating today. So can you do that yourself? No. I need the help of the Lord. Okay, so let's, let's cancel out the agreement. Deal, so. okay, like so. I said, I've just got a couple of minutes, and I'm, I'm going right, to have to run off to class here. Let's, let's, uh, let's cancel out the agreements you've made with concentrate. It's up to me. I've got to concentrate. Okay. I, I mean, sorry, I'm uh, procrastinating. Okay. Canceling out the agreement you made with procrastination, and it's up to me, and all the other stuff you believe that's your problem that you have to do. So, can you pray this with me? I'll okay. lead you in the prayer. Dear okay. Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I come to you right now. Come to you right now. As your son. As your son. Created in your image. Created in your image. And brought forth. And brought forth. By your will and truth. By your will and truth. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. For listening to the lies of the devil. For listening to the lies of the devil. For using his advice. For using his advice. And his uh, descriptions of who I am. And his descriptions of who I am. And his counsel. And his counsel. In living my life. In living my life. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. For listening to his lies. For listening to his lies. And rejecting your truth. And rejecting your truth. I cancel out every agreement. I cancel out every agreement. I have made. I have made. With the spirit of procrastination. With the spirit of procrastination. And failure. And failure. And fear of failure. And fear of failure. And being overwhelmed. And being overwhelmed. I cancel out every agreement I've made. I cancel out every agreement I've made. With it's up to me. But it's up to me. It's my fault. It's my fault. I gotta fix it. I gotta fix it. And I declare. And I declare. I belong to Jesus Christ. I belong to Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit lives in me. His Holy Spirit lives in me. And it it is His job. It is His job. To perfect. To perfect. That which concerns me. That which concerns me. I choose to follow Him. I choose to follow Him. And I will obey Him. And I will obey Him. And I will rest in Him. And I will rest in him. Because it is in him. Because it is in him. That I live. That I live. And move. And move. And have my being. And have my being. I also ask you, Lord God, to forgive me. I also ask you, Lord God, to forgive me. And my generations. And my generations. For being rebellious. For being rebellious. Uh, independent. Independent. Self-seeking. Self-seeking. For relying upon ourselves. Relying upon ourselves. For rejecting the finished work of Jesus Christ. For rejecting the finished work of Jesus Christ. For mixing law and grace. For mixing law and grace. And all of the counterfeit gospels. And all of the counterfeit gospels. Of it's up to me. Of it's up to me. With the gospel. With the gospel. Of the love of God. With the gospel of the love of God. I cancel out those agreements. I cancel out those agreements. And I declare. And I declare. There's only one gospel. There's only one gospel. Only one way to salvation. Only one way to salvation. It is through the finished work. And it's through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. And I release to him. And I release to him the burdens I have. The burdens I have. As a student. As a student. As a um, a young man growing up. As a young man growing up. And I ask you, Lord God. And I ask you, Lord God. To lead me through your Spirit. Lead me by your Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Father, I agree. You said if two or three agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done. Let everyone who's listening tonight who's prayed this prayer for themselves, or maybe for the first time heard a prayer like this, let them, Lord God, seek your word, seek your grace, and seek your truth. So, okay, so how do you feel? I feel relieved. Yeah. Relieved. Serious, you do. I I really believe this is a, a new beginning. I just... You know, seeing things about my life that um, 
I haven't seen it in the same way, and mm-hmm. I really uh, feel that release and relief from the Lord that that He is. I have, I trust Him. Mm-hmm. I do trust Him to to uh, to bring those changes in my life that mm-hmm. are, are, that He wants. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, yeah, and He's He's doing it, and He's in control of developing and, and you know, defining and developing, perfecting us. And he doesn't panic. So many times we you know, think we have to be perfect right away. God is perfecting that which concerns us. It's a process. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they freak out thinking, I should be further along than I am right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to be perfect, but I would like to, uh, I'm going to have to run. i got to get to class. All right. Um, you well, know, will you send big test today? So yeah, right. And uh, thank you for thank you, Marjorie, for you're welcome your help. And, uh, <laughs> so that was a demonstration, but that is actually truly um, works because it's the truth. Um, anybody who has any issues, here's what you want to do. You want to first of all, if it's going back to the why can't I concentrate? You want to identify the lies that you've been believing in your generational bloodline, the confusion the unbelief, the doubt, um, uh, the perversions that are in your bloodline because Jesus said that's kind of what sets up and, and promotes these kinds of spirits, um, the deaf and dumb spirits. So he was connecting a particular problem in a young man with the general population, uh, the spirits that were in that, uh, opening that door up to that social uh, group. And, and it was, it was the pervasive spirits in the society were giving permission to these Individual, these uh, spirits to attack individuals. So we, we go into our bloodline, we identify these things, we confess them as sin, we um, forgive the people who did them. We're not blaming the people, they were also tricked. Um, and then we ask the Lord to um, uh, restore unto us as we forgive them, that the Lord will bring justice and restoration and truth. And then as we go into our individual lives, we, um, we cancel out the agreements that we've made with those things. And if you have a child, you can do it for them. Um, just, just pay attention to what the, uh, what their, you know, the symptoms are, what they're uh, exhibiting, you know, whether it's fear or nightmares or hysteria or they can't do their math. And, you know, it's not, it's not the child's fault. And sometimes the circumstances need to be addressed as well. You know, maybe you've got a new math being taught or a new system or a new teacher or a new uh, you know, requirements, something the child is not, you know, they're, maybe they're being introduced to a new thing that they're just, they're afraid of new things. I mean, whatever they're, listen to what they're saying and basically they'll tell you if they talk. And if they don't talk, then you just bind the spirits that keep them from sh- from sharing, like the mute spirits or the deaf and dumb spirits. As a parent, you have the authority to do that. So um, does that make sense? It certainly does. It certainly does. And... uh I, I would just say, you know, as as uh, if you are a parent, uh, regardless of, you know, if you're a parent of a newborn infant to all that you're a parent of, uh, uh, you know, adult children and you have grandchildren, great-children, uh, great-grandchildren, ask God for his wisdom as to how to pray and intercede for you. And James, it says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man and person avails much. Mm-hmm. God give you ask God to give you wisdom to know how to pray and to really 
focus in on what's going on uh, and do do battle. Do a victorious battle for your children and uh, and grandchildren. Um, Marjorie, I'm wondering, I'd like to read a passage of Scripture, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then I'd like to just have you just comment and uh, okay. Okay. Uh, on this, if you would, please. Um, it's in Philippians chapter 4. We, you know, we talked about why we can't concentrate and why... Uh, how we're concentrating on the wrong things a lot of times, but then let's say, okay, what, how, what do we keep our focus upon? And uh, I just want to read this, and then I'll have you just uh, share some thoughts if that's okay. Sure. Okay. Um, Philippians four four, it says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, rejoice. Mm-hmm. Let your gentleness be known. Be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, that's good advice for parents, mm-hmm. all of us. But particularly if we're talking about yeah. parents of, of maybe children that are going through some of these issues, or right. grandchildren. Um, and it, it says, when you when you release those... those uh, Issues uh, in prayer. Here's the promise of God, verse uh, Philippians four seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. And then these these two uh, this uh, verse verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Uh, And we talked about in in Psalm 1, it talks about the righteous man that that in his word he does Meditate. meditate day and night. Well, yeah. So there, so God has given us so through, through the scriptures. He's given us what to meditate right. on. Right, and meditate you know, meditate on His His yeah. Word mm-hmm. and uh, on the truth. Uh, that's that's what He's uh, given us to mm-hmm. put our focus on there. Yeah. And, and we need the help of the Lord. We need the help of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to put our focus on those things. Yes, and I think that even as um, he, as our Father, tells us to think on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and a good report. Meditate on those things. Be anxious for nothing. We have to remember that our words over our children are extremely powerful as well. And I know the proverb that says, um, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. That um, harsh words you know, stir up wrath, things like that. That There's death and life in the power of the tongue. And when our, when our moms and dads, when we, when we are being spoken over in a harsh way, um, as, especially as a child, they're very sensitive and they're feeling that, um, that judgment, they're feeling that disapproval, that displeasure, that's very difficult for them to feel good about themselves. They're taking their identity cues from you, parent. And so as you have the power to instill in them uh, love for themselves, a self-acceptance, a goodness that you love them, that you're approving, and it's not based on performance, it's not based on grades, it's just based on who they are. 
and that your words are, are sweet words, that they won't draw, um, create wounds within them. Um, even in hard times, even if you're tempted to panic and freak out, don't do it in front of them. Go to the Lord and then give those issues and burdens to the Lord. And, you know, and the other thing is put in front of the kids things that are edifying, things that are encouragement, uh, and give them examples um, of how you yourself have to learn to trust the Lord. So before we uh, end today, you know, and, and we do have maybe a few more minutes, I'd like to introduce some of you to a teaching tool that we have developed called God on Trial. It's a new, um, well, it's a story of uh, God and Adam and Eve and what happened. And it's very child-friendly. Our, our, we've had little kids uh, absolutely love it. And um, we were at a workshop this last weekend. It was really cute. We had, um, we had uh, some little boys that were at a workshop last year, and they had gotten a hold of God on Trial. And they had listened up to episode 10. And um, they, they said, do you have any more episodes done? Because, you know, these episodes are quite expensive. Uh, and so, by the way, if you want to help us put those together, we'd love to take uh, the help you're going to give us. But anyway, so they had gathered together their allowance and their lunch money for who knows how long to give us $22 to make the, the next episode of um, God on Trial. Uh, fortunately, we already had two of them made, and so uh, we hadn't yet, yet released them, episodes 11 and 12. Uh, so now we have a total of 12 episodes. It takes us um, all the way through uh, to Nimrod. We've gone through Noah. These are all characters that are appearing uh, in court. The devil's having them uh, charging God with criminal neglect of the universe and bringing these witnesses to testify against God. But anyway, here's a little sample. And uh, we'd encourage you to listen up. And I'm sure it would be quite edifying for you and your children. So go ahead. The heavens shook. Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. I dare you to let me test them. Would you test them to find fault with me? Let them choose for themselves whom they will serve. Perfect disguise. So subtle, and yet alluring. You will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him? Mm. Hmm? Here. Delicious. Mm. Uh, you see? Nothing to fear. But I am afraid of one thing. Oh, what is it, my darling? What about Adam? Adam, where are you? Adam. You lied to us. It's time you all suffer like he made me suffer. Those two are guilty and they will pay. Unless one can be found who is willing to pay the penalty for them. I demand my rights to a fair trial to determine my rights. You shall have your trial in the very hearts and souls of those you so freely seek to destroy. Well, then let them judge this matter. Let the accused become the judge, and the judge become the accused. 
hey, so there you have it. It's a kind of a child-friendly way of knowing, uh, learning the stories of Adam and Eve, God, um, in a real uh, dramatic way. And so, again, if you're interested in, in these uh, God on Trial episodes, check us out at the store at liferecovery.com. And so, um, you know, we've really enjoyed the, media, the, the, the show tonight. I hope if you have questions, um, surely you can email us at info at liferecovery.com or True Light Church. Go ahead, give the logo on that. True Light Church, MN.org. Yeah, True Light Church, MN.org, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, so. I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> Where have you been all yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get your CD, honey. Listen to me. Yeah, why can't but, I come? Yeah, yeah. yeah, for true sure. Light, true, T-R-U-E, lightchurchmn.org. And you can uh, get uh, your copy of, uh, you know, one or any, however many episodes you'd like uh, mm-hmm. of God on Trial. Opening arguments, God on Trial. Yes, and so, and if you want to help us uh, fund that project, uh, give us a call or let us know. We'd be more than happy to talk with you. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we're signing off with uh, good night, good morning, and good day. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.